Introducing Quiltbeam, the game changer in simplifying parts procurement. Tired of endless part searches? Dive into Quiltbeam's extensive inventory, making it easy to find what you need. Can't find a specific part? No worries. Quiltbeam's team of experts is on standby, ready to provide you with the quote quickly. Engineers and procurement buyers, let Quiltbeam streamline your search, freeing you up for more significant tasks. Explore Quiltbeam now by visiting us at quiltbeam.com. Hey, welcome to Automation Ladies Live. Happy Thursday, everyone. It is February 22nd, two days after my birthday. Um, Happy birthday. Happy birthday. (laughs) Not that that this is about me. Uh, (laughs) But I was not working or on LinkedIn on my birthday, so I feel a need to express it now, I guess. (laughs) What does that make your your sign, your zodiac? Oh, uh, I'm a Pisces. Oh, so it's right between. I know my uncle's birthday is on the 18th, and he's an Aquarius, so it either falls on the 19th or the 20th. Nice. I'm a Pisces too. Yay! Okay. Yeah, my mom's okay. a Pisces, so I was like, that makes so much sense that I like love Nikki so much. But also, why I also <laughs> love Courtney so much. <laughs> Hi, Stephen. Remind me what your sign is, Allie. Hey, I'm a Scorpio. We're psycho. Ah. Put in the comments yeah, uh, where you're joining hello. us from or what sign you are. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Scorpio. We're really intense, super loyal, but like really jealous and getting to fights really easy. And like, yeah, there's just more downs than ups. But we are really cool if you like stay on our good side. <laughs> but my mom is like my best friend ever and she's a Pisces. Well, because we take care of you guys. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. We're like, yeah, we're high strung and we need someone to be like, yo, sit down a little bit. Or like, here's some breakfast. Go ahead. Uh, and eat. That too. <laughs> Courtney made sure that I don't like t- take too much caffeine. And she's always like, did you take your pills? So I got multiple people watching out for me because I can't just do it by myself. Yeah, she is my right hand at this point. Oh, I said uh, knife hand. You get knife oh. hand. <laughs> Steven, all right, thanks for sharing. Aquarius, don't know what that means. Yeah, you I don't... might be the only one watching us right now. Thanks, Steven. <laughs> well, yeah, we didn't have a whole lot of time to prepare because I put this up on the event a little bit late in terms of invites. I'm still, We're still trying to figure out the best way to make sure that everybody gets invited to the events. We are actually, okay, so here's a new announcement from Automation Ladies. We will be starting a newsletter starting next week. It will come out on Thursdays also. I figured keep it easy. It is Automation Ladies Day. It will mostly be news about our upcoming events, maybe links to the episodes that just came out, that sort of stuff. So we're not trying to spam you with GPT-created content about why we're about to cool. <laughs> Although as soon as I get access to that new GPT, the, the OpenAI video editor, I will be maybe sending some AI-created videos your way in the newsletter. But yeah, so if you follow us on LinkedIn, you'll get an automatic invite to the LinkedIn newsletter. We promise it isn't spam. It's to make sure that everybody can get an invite to the events because we know the algorithm is just, you follow us, but you may or may not see our stuff and there's nothing we can do to control that. So I thought the newsletter might be a good way to get everybody just the communication out. This is our upcoming event this week. You know, when we go to trade shows, things like that. And then we will also have a beehive Uh, newsletter subscription. So it doesn't have to be through LinkedIn. And the people that have subscribed on our website, which have probably not gotten any emails so far, we've had people subscribing to our newsletter on automationladies.io for like two years now, but we've never sent anything out. So (laughs) now will be the time that you will actually be getting an email. With that said, I think that's housekeeping for now. Courtney Fernandez, our other Courtney, is out somewhere. She will probably pop in if she can. But yeah, Courtney Pendon, our other Courtney, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Where are you? I know you're in the Seattle area, right? Yeah, I'm a little farther south, but yes. Where where at in terms of farther south? Uh, like Puyallup Pierce area. County. Pierce yeah. County area. Yeah. Yeah. I used to live in Spanaway, so the detail me too makes sense to me. <laughs> I, I grew up there. <laughs> Did you work on the base there? I worked at the commissary at one point. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, backing up to our audience and also me. So, for those of you that don't know, Courtney Pendin works for Process and Controls Engineering. Yay! Uh, which is yeah, 
Among many other things, she's a multifaceted woman like the rest of us, doing a lot, probably too much. <laughs> but I have not actually met her before or talked at length. So this will be an introduction for me as well as everybody else in our audience. Courtney, can you tell us a little bit about your background, your story, and how you ended up being a controls engineer at PCE? Sure. So back like after like high school, I was like, I had like two part-time jobs. I was going to school full-time and it got rough after a while. I even tried to play women's basketball for a community college and I had like two hours to sleep within the day and then my body would get sick. So I was like, bump this, I'm going to join the military. So <laughs> I joined the military. I was in the military for uh, about seven years. So I did five years active and then I did two years reserves as an aircraft handler. I worked on aircraft carriers and it's like valet parking for aircrafts. Oh, cool. <laughs> Pretty much was a chalk chain and then you learn how to direct. You do basic firefighting for aircrafts and stuff like that. And yeah, after that, I got out of the military and then I had a hard time finding a job because I had two little ones in the military. I was a single mom for a little bit with two kids being in the military and it was kind of hard. So I got out so I can be there for my kids because I went on like a mini cruise and after I had my baby, she was a year old and I missed a lot of things. So after that, I got out. I had a hard time finding a job. So I was like, my family agreed that I can go to school full time. And I was like, wait, what do I, what do I want to do? Like, I know I deal with aircrafts and I have firefighting. So I was like, okay, I found aviation mechanic. It's like actual real firefighting. Cause we yeah. say firefighting all the yeah. time, but you mean real <laughs> firefighting. Yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. so when people say like getting like, was it shoot with the fire hose? Don't drink mm -hmm. out of the fire hose. I know what it feels like to get hit by an actual fire hose. <laughs> so, yeah, when I hear that, I was like, no, that's a really bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> like literally <laughs> it's too graphic from what you know yeah so i was like mm, i get flashbacks every time i hear firehouse so yeah it is either that and i know i'm a very hands-on type learner so i knew exactly that i wanted to go straight into a trade school and i found out there's mechatronics and i had no idea what mechatronics was i just found it like in one of the at the trade school that I was going to because they had different campuses. So I was like, here, let's go look at what this is. And then I looked up what mechatronics in entails. And it's like stuff that I grew up with my dad. He was a, used to be a mechanic for Boeing. So I learned how to work on cars and basic elect uh, electricals and stuff like that. And I was like, this is what I want to do. And I thought like everything that I listened, I was like, nope. I like just automatically picked it and then after just picking it and seeing the program but once I actually got into the program and took a couple classes I was like yep this is where I want to be type thing luckily it took me a while to actually figure out like okay this is what I really want to do because back before I joined the military I was just taking gen ed and I was like let's see what it's like to be like a veterinarian took one class and I said nope we're not doing yeah. this. <laughs> so, but yeah, so I'm finishing up my AA right now and then I'm working for PCE. So while going to school full time and working for PCE. So it's pretty awesome. It is commendable. Um, <laughs> and very cool that you found mechatronics because yeah, like you didn't know, we didn't know, nobody knows <laughs> how cool it is, <laughs> what it really is. But yeah. then you read all the stuff that you can do with it. And it's like, well, yes. Okay. Some of these things I already know, but putting them all together is yeah, kind of it's cool. like growing up engineering for me from what I knew, it was very like one lane. You're like yeah. mechanical engineer, electrical engineer, all that kind of stuff. But then I found mechatronics. I was like, oh, it's all of them. <laughs> I was like, all the people like, like, like all the things. Yeah. Together, I'm, like, right? I'm super nerdy. And like at a younger age, I taught myself to learn because I needed more hours back in the day to, in order to pay for school. So instead of learning one thing, I was like, okay, I'm going to learn this entire floor because then I get hours. But then because I learned the entire floor, then 
instead of picking up hours, my boss found that, oh, she knows to do everything so she can cover the entire floor. And then it just bumped me up and I was able to do that. And then ever since that happened, I was like, I want to learn everything. Teach me mm-hmm. all the things. So I'm very proud of myself of being like that jack of all trades kind of thing. So I have a lot of buckets. Like Allie and I call it the Batman belt because it's like nice. I pull out skills. Like I got I got a whole lot of skills. I'm not being like a master of it, but I have enough knowledge to where I can get the job done. I was like, okay, what job do we need to do? Those so like you just pull out all these different skills. So it's like all the Batman get. So yeah. I like that. Yeah. I'm gonna throw up a few comments here. David Turner is joining us from processing control specialist. David Remind, I hope I got that right. <laughs> I think I got it wrong last time. Uh, Nate Baker. Process automation specialist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Process and automation specialist, yep. right? See, right here. P-A-S. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I got yeah. it. <laughs> uh, Nate Baker, thanks for joining us. Nice battle station in the background. Yeah. Can you tell My- us what you got back there? I have three, actually, 3D printers behind me. So I have two minis. Just three. Yeah, just three. I have two small uh, Prusa minis. And then I have an extra large endo that I got from a buddy of mine. And it's got a cool little interface that you can hook it up to Wi-Fi. So it doesn't have to connect directly to your computer. And I can just do everything to my computer and it prints out. So I was like, bet. I want that one. <laughs> I was like, I will take that from you because he upgraded his. So, yeah, I told him, like, I'll take it if you don't want it anymore. <laughs> Those are perfect toys. Oh, yeah. He even says, yeah, Mechatronics is a great jack of all trades uh, thing. I totally agree. Because so my when I was I started in machine vision when I came into the industry, but I didn't choose that. I, I've never known what I wanted to do. I couldn't ever figure it out. So I was like, I this one? I like problem solving. I like talking to people. <laughs> uh, I got a business degree, but still didn't really know. I got the jack of all trades business degree, which is international business because it's a little bit of everything. And then I graduated and I was like, I don't know what I want to do, but something a little bit technical, but also other stuff. And I got into machine vision, which is so fun. So much to learn because there's so many variables for every application and so many different applications that you can solve with vision. It's also really hard and frustrating. Um, <laughs> but once I got really good at that, I was like, oh, but the stuff that, you know, kicks the product out when it's bad, or how do I look at the count in the PLC and look at the Sigma to jack this out before it ever gets messed up? Like, I just couldn't stop looking up, up and downstream. And I think you probably have a lot of that. We have that in common, including our Pisces. I wonder if that is some sort of correlation there. We like to take care of all the things and all the, all the things. I think all that it, it might be. Hello. <laughs> hey, Naomi Pittman is here from Atlanta. Naomi, good to see you. Um, it's not just like a combo of our, because we all have technical skills, but we have these like people skills that take it to another level. And I had to learn how to be Courtney myself. Like when, cause I'm an engineer and I had to learn how do you assert yourself loudly to people you don't know, to you don't because you don't know these people, and you need them to listen to you because you have stuff that's really valid to say, but no one wants to listen to you. And Courtney's not even as tall as I am, and she can be more heard than me. And that's a personality thing because a lot of girls don't want to be loud, and I commend them for being loud because it's we are not going to be heard otherwise. So our us having our quietness doesn't actually help us when we're trying to go talk to other contractors or other people that we need to get work done with. And, you know, I think that's one of the biggest things like women representing themselves in meetings, you're either called bossy and too loud or you're too quiet and no one will ever hear your ideas. And some of us even wait for our turn in a conversation where the only possibility for us to have a shot is to inject yourself. And some women are totally against that. Like that's, that used to be against my personality. And you'll see me even today. Maybe I'll just start becoming more and more quiet. I'll be sitting next to Nikki and I'll be shutting down. And there's nothing left energy wise, but like, I'm waiting for you guys to ask me for my opinion. Otherwise I'm not even going to enter this at all. So you have to watch out for the different personality types and also cherish 
when you got an engineer that can speak their mind, not in an offensive way, but they can't be quiet. And that is so normal to just be like super quiet, non-combative, non-confrontation. And the only way for any of us to make any actual money in this trade is to be loud, to go sell stuff, to go make deals, to go build relationships and you being quiet and scared in the corner, which is how I prefer to be like, naturally that is my preferred existence is quiet and not, I don't want to meet new people and talk about my ideas. I have them. Yeah, I have them, but like, I don't want to, I don't like, we don't want to toot our own horns. And like part of us all meeting each other is like pushing each other to our own horns because we have like sellable horns. <laughs> Sorry. But Courtney, Courtney is amazing in that, like, I, she got stuck on a boat with 500 other people in the Navy. So she knows how to talk to other human beings. That's something that Brian Thiken actually brought up to me. And I was like, oh, because I was like, why are all you Navy people so good at this people thing? Because it's not that you're good at it, but you're just going to communicate what you need to communicate. Like, hey, these are all the things going wrong. This is what's going down. And so some of you have this skill and some of us have to freaking cry at night because it's so hard just to get ourselves <laughs> to say anything. Um, so, I mean, it matters. And like personality, you got to fight through your personality or whatever, or use your strengths. In my case, yeah. I'm a quiet person. I need a court. I need a court. And I need a Nikki and I need a Courtney and I need all these people to help me because I have a strength, but it isn't being loud or even inserting myself like i don't have that as a normal thing i have to work really hard and it and i get in my own head and it freaks me out until i say no crying in baseball <laughs> <laughs> yeah until you give me what i need which is you know you're like everyone just go do it yeah people are gonna not like us half the time whatever did you learn that barking orders and like managing people yeah where'd um, you learn that? in the military or were you already kind of like that um, so I actually used to be a very much of a follower. I thought I was a follower for the longest time until Allie says like, oh my gosh, it's a leader. And I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> but I'm just so used to like, she did say 500 and when everybody's on the boat, it's like 6,000 people. So it's like a floating city and you're stuck yeah. with them and you can't go nowhere for maybe a very like couple months at a time. So you got to see this person every day you have to it out. day yeah you gotta figure yeah. it out you gotta suck yeah. it up and people is against your best like just general health is not good if you want to hate everyone else on the boat <laughs> <laughs> that's a bad idea but yeah you just gotta you gotta be able to learn how to take orders and you learn to be very specific it's like all right this is what we got you need to get this done and it's like I'm still kind of like that. I was like, all right, we got this. It needs to be done by this time. What do we need to do to get it done type thing? And who's going to do it? Like come up with a game plan for everything that I do. And it's still kind of, I don't mean to, like I have to ask Allie because coming out of the military, I was like, hey, so the last time I was like a supervisor was in the military. <laughs> it, it's it's different talking to My military people. I was like, can I say this? I was like, I had I had to get HR training because I was like, I don't think I can say this to civilian people. Like as a civilian. Yeah, and Wyatt to help with that, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I, like yes, I have leadership that. training. I take leadership training. I was like, am I like saying this rude? Because I'm just like, as being in the military, it's just like I'm going to tell you what to do and you're going to figure Sugar it out. Sugar coating is not part of the deal in the military. No, I was like, but in the corporate world, there is a need for some sugar coating in different directions. Like, so, yeah. How, yeah. It's like, how do I tell people what to do without making them cry? I don't know who this is, uh, but he or she turned up the volume and now we're loud. Well, <laughs> We sure are. <laughs> yes. Uh, Thank you. This person oh, yeah. may be your friend. It may or may not be the same person. Uh, but they say hi, Courtney. You've got friends, followers, friends out there. That's for sure. I've been so Cody. <laughs> Just kidding. Maybe. I don't know. 
Oh, and of course we have a question here. Raphael, thanks for joining us. Where can we find the hat? Which one? This <laughs> Which one? one? You want you want the camel one, Raphael? Uh yeah, or hat. you like all of these hats? We um, don't. We're gonna start selling this one. David Turner's hat. <laughs> yeah, we. Yeah, so, you want to get David's hat too? Yes. Yeah, I ordered one too. <laughs> there will be a way to order more of these hats from us soon. I think on our website there are some hats that you can buy, but those are just they're made to order. They're not the batches, the limited edition batches that Ali has been making. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and they may never come back. Like each batch is special. And so you may not ever be able to find that hat. But you can message either me or Allie and we can figure it out for you if you're really serious about getting one of these hats. That is, yeah, hashtag hat life. Thanks to Josh Varhees and Bill Mueller, I think it is, at Lucid Automation. That's uh, their thing that we happen to fall into being a part of. And it's just very, very cool. Yeah, my first hats, like I have 10 hats now. There's 10 different colors of the exact same, like this logo is used a thousand times, right? Yeah. But um, I like, I literally went to my girl who did my logo and I was like, look, there's this thing and people are doing this hat thing and now I need a hat and <laughs> I need you to, like, I literally was angry about hat life. And now I've assimilated it so hard that people are like, oh, Allie and hat life. Hat life is not my idea. Josh Varghese is the one who even inspired me to have a hat. I was just trying to join in on the fact that other people had a hat. And I, yeah, I took it too far, but like, that's because I'm a girl and I want different colors for all my different outfits. I literally match them. To, this is a pink, this is a pink, what's it called? Safety, safety vest. vest. Yeah. So I have a pink PCE hat with a pink safety vest and I'm going to go to a site after this. But like, people remember that. And yesterday I had a blue hat and a blue one. And every day is a different, no, I think I had an orange hat and a blue vest, but whatever. We took it too far, but like that didn't Honestly, come from Allie, us. I, will, I will stop you there and say, I don't think you did take it too far. And we should discuss this with yeah. Bill and Josh, but what is the intent of hat life and the movement? And I, mm -hmm. I think part of it, or at least Bill's, from what I gather from his history, is that they've had so many runs of hats. Every year they do a different one. And that's kind of the hat life. It's not just like, oh, we're going to make <laughs> one hat as part of our swag, like some random thing okay. off the internet. Like they're concerned with the design, the quality, the uniqueness of the hat. And I think it is in fact in the ethos of the hat, hat life hashtag to have more than one. But I'll let either one of them correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> Yeah, and then we started getting into the trucker hats because I told her like <laughs> I'm so like coming out of the military, I am like I always wore a cover all the time, and it always put me in a work mode. So coming out, I got the trucker hats because it's almost like it breathes through it. So I always yeah. like it. So I was so she's got the fitted hats. I tried it on, and my whole face just went where kind of fell on my head. And I was like, "Hey, why don't we do a trucker hat?" And then she's like, "Oh my gosh, there's camel ones!" And I was like, "Bet, let's put the trucker camel hat out." Because so. it isn't one size fits all for hats. That's true. People have different. Yeah, no, there's three styles that like people are fighting over. Like everyone has a favorite. Like the trucker style is amazing because of the ventilation. Like the fitted one works really good under a hard hat. Like it fits under a hard hat really good. So when you take the hard hat off, like you could still be showing your brand. And then this one I just like, cause it's like the flat brim, you know, baseball style one, which I happen to have is my favorite one, but like all of them are like su super legit. And I had to have one of each. And then I was like, I have all these solid colors, but now I want like camo. So I have like black camo and regular camo. <laughs> And we're going to start mixing the colors up. But hey, Courtney. Hey, Courtney. Hello. You're muted. She's got a, uh, what is that Hello. one called? The, the flat That's hat. The or the, the fitted. She's got fitted. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then I got and, the, the And that back is the, the first one. and only Automation Ladies Hot Run that we've done. Aside from the amazing and thank you to uh, Rafi Shahid at Kanara Engineering for giving us our first Automation Ladies hat, which is a pink one. That just said automation ladies. It's out of rotation because my daughter Elsa co-opted it. But then we did a run of these purple ones that Courtney has. 
And I think that we should do another run of those. Those are kind of the standard automation ladies hats. And then Quopium ended up, I ended up using the same purple hat because after they changed their logo to purple, which had nothing to do with me, by the way, people don't believe it, but it, it really doesn't. Um, <laughs> I had that hat and I was like, you know what? We need that same hat. Yeah. And I think we've had three different iterations of the Quopium hats as well, but I don't have time for it like you do. But you do the hat so well. People reached out to you asking you to make merch for them, right? Like, <laughs> they're like, oh, actually, PCE is not a merch company. We're an engineering firm. <laughs> uh, Chris Udy's here. He did a really cool demo for us. If you missed it last week, we did a live demo of his hardware product, the Shark, which is a, a network adapter or an adapter to get data kind of sensor. But he, I guess he used to be in the military as well. And he empathizes with you, Courtney. Yeah. We love all our military people. Gotta, um, I think that switch sometimes. <laughs> it's just like, and, and, you, and sometimes you get like halfway there and you're like, oh, like, oh shit, I probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Calibrating yourself is, is yeah. the job, right? I want to do an open invitation. Uh, to the auto industrial automation industry, to everyone from the military, just because I've just seen this work out well too many times. And when I worked for a company called Maverick, it was the biggest systems integrator that I had ever worked for. And literally half the people they were taking, they were like, okay, we're going to take, because we're going to replace the boomers, because the boomers are all retiring. And they're like, we're going to take half, like engineers straight out of school, and we're going to take half Navy, like literally not even all the military, just Navy. They're like, we're going to do Navy. <laughs> I'm not saying that's the right thing. I'm just saying that was even that was in 2015. So my thing now is just like, it, I keep seeing it work. So come over here and help us. There's money and there's money. Isn't that, don't you just want the money? Come on. <laughs> but there's awesome camaraderie and there's like a whole bunch of other people that want to work with the same mindset we have to be direct we have to work hard it's just the same like the servant leadership part of it is just like super translatable so come over and join us no matter what part of the military you ever were in but there's like a good chance that there's a good spot for you and even if you're not from the military there's good spots but for some reason we really need those military folk coming over when they're done serving our country like please come over and do this work because it's great work and it's well, not okay. hard on your body anymore either. yeah and i'll say i not in the same context of course but helping american manufacturing in my opinion is also so supporting your country in a way yes we desperately need to do this and to grow it and to do it well and to get more people into it uh <laughs> I I looked at uh, Chris's comment and I'm sorry, but he <laughs> now we're gonna piss people off. No, I hey, have a plan here. I'm not gonna go against Marines. I'm not gonna talk against Marines. I have a box of crayons for them somewhere. <laughs> David Turner says shots fired. <laughs> so you have experience with both types of toddlers, Courtney. Uh, yes, I do. And <laughs> real ones. Yep. What, actually, what would you say are your most transferable skills from being a single mom to being a controls engineer? I have a lot of patience. That's for sure. Yeah. And uh, trying to explain things at different levels, kind of thing. I'm still trying to do that. Like the, even in school, like having that technical knowledge and bringing it down to trying to explain something without that technical knowledge. It's like mm -hmm. doing that to my kids. I can't tell you outright what this is, but I can give an example for them to get them to understand of what it means and stuff like that. So, but definitely patience is there. It's <laughs> a good one. I think a lot of management are transferable to yeah. the career side of things. I wish that being a stay-at-home parent, and again, this is not a mom's or dad's thing necessarily, but that should be on a resume as a total like job with the relevant skills and things that you did versus being called a career gap. Which I That's true. Just be like, CPS was not called. That's how good I am. 
<laughs> it is an achievement. <laughs> yeah, Chris said, he said, we give each other crap. I was like, that, all the branches will make fun of each other. Some That's what uh, Jose Orozco told me about, because he's from the Army. Oh and my talking about his pew pew. <laughs> <laughs> I remember this conversation. So I had no idea who she was talking one day. And then he was saying he was, they were poked fun at me because I was in the Navy and I had no idea who Allie was talking about. I was like, oh yeah, what branch was he in? They <laughs> said he was the Army or the Marines. So I was like, ask him what color cranny is. Does he like the, does he like the red one? I bet he likes the cherry one. <laughs> ask him what he ask, ask him what he did, but in civilian terms. And then Ali did like just said pew pew out of nowhere, and he said in civilian terms it's pew pew. And then we just <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty great. So so it it gave the nice thing Super about smart people having... from the military <laughs> with a good sense of humor, but yeah. very smart people coming out of there. But I do find having that military background. It is very easy for me to talk to other contractors. If you're having a hard time with a contractor and they're being turds, like I could just step in and be like, yep. <laughs> be like, hey, and then they'd be completely cool, like out of nowhere to be like, all right, cool. We can work with this person and be like, Allie, I got it. Let me work with this guy. Like this, we won't have any troubles. So. Yeah. Isn't it funny, though, how just your style of communication can make all the difference between being Everything. able to work with someone or not? Yeah. So it's pretty nice. Like one time I have a backpack that has the Velcro where you can add your patches and stuff like that. And then I just ripped mine, ripped a patch off of my backpack because I was like, I already probably have another one that came off one of my uniforms at home. And I handed it to the contractor because he thought it was cool and he's wanted one. Is here. I probably have another one. Off of my off my uniform, and I got the blankest stare from nowhere after I said those words. I was like, "Oh, I was in the military," and then it all blew up from there. And they're like, "That's so cool!" And I just start talking and and everything like that. So that I became really cool with a good amount of contractors and stuff just because of this. Or even our customers. Our own customers are like, "Courtney's my best friend." I'm like, "Good, then you talk to her." Because I'm done. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Mike. <laughs> yeah, Chris says I can talk to the shop floor guys easier than I can the managers. I think, you know, in this industry, you do have to kind of be able to roll with some punches and things. And this is one of the things like being women in the male dominated industry. Um, obviously, military makes it very clear you are very capable of working in a male dominated industry. But you do kind of have to, yeah, it's different how you present yourself if you're in a C-suite meeting, you know, wearing a suit and tie at a, some sort of boardroom meeting or you're down at the shop floor. Uh, and I think a big part of success in this industry is kind of being able to play those different roles or explain the things you need to explain at the level that they're needed at the time, um, which is very similar to what we have to do with technology, right? We have to apply it in the right way, depending on what the application is, depending on what the customers need. So moving on to maybe a little bit more topic at hand. I don't know. <laughs> uh, what, are, Back to <laughs> what are some of your favorite things that you're learning at Clover Park right now? Um, so I have picked Courtney Fernandez's brain about it. I got to the very first robot that I got to play with and program was a UR bot. So there were times where like, hey, is there like modules I can look at? What else can I do with the UR bot? So. I've worked with like the UR bot, there's the Fanec, there's a Kuka, there's the Armron. So I was able to at least be able to program and do little things there, which was pretty awesome. So I got very fascinated with robots. I would just say I have uh, I have favorites. <laughs> there's some that I like over the other ones as far as programming goes, but yeah. I so. need you to do an experiment or to, to play with like Ross robots you, do you know about that it's a like a common interface language open source uh-huh we actually um for our mecca uh i'm also i was in, in the club and we're actually building an uh an ar robot so he had to learn how to do a vm and then upload the ross to to it and stuff like that nice. so 
we were learning how to build robots from scratch as one of our projects. So it's pretty cool being in the club and having all these random parts and pieces. And like we took broken 3D printers apart and then we want to make like a big, probably a three foot one or try to do competitions and making speed 3D printers and stuff like that. And we've made a go-kart. <laughs> we took like a golf cart. We took two different golf carts that got donated to us, and they were both broken. One was gas, one's electric, and one of the, the electric frame was broken. So we gutted both of them and swapped them, put it on an aluminum frame, and then put a car seat. So Because I was the shortest person, and then someone else was, like, super tall. So we had to be able to adjust the seat for the race. And so we were able to adjust it and slide back and forth between whether you're short or you're really tall. And it was pretty cool. You learn a little welding and a little bit of everything there. So it was a lot of fun. It was that's really fun. Yeah, that's, it was a that's like, a, after, like an after school club kind of that's additional to your actual curriculum, right? Yeah, it's like a it, it can be during school or like in between classes, but yeah, it's like a, a side thing like outside of the program. So cool. it's a student led program. So we all get together and work on projects and order parts, what we need and stuff like that and outsource a lot of stuff. It's pretty cool. Well, that's, that's a great experience. Just like working on projects together, having to do the procurement, the design, like putting it together, making it work. I think a lot of times those are things that they don't teach as much in school in terms of just like you learn theoretically to design things. And then when it comes in the real world and you have to like go buy that part from someone, <laughs> that's mm -hmm. something that isn't taught as much, at least that I know that's one of the points that Allie made when she came out of college. She was like, I was tasked with specking stuff and then buying it. And <laughs> like, I don't know what to do. Uh, Jill commented, she saw kids at engineering day learning additive from America makes. Will they be Courtney in 10 years? <laughs> Dude, kids are so smart. They'll probably be Courtney in like five years. I don't know. Uh, I do have a little one that she literally asked for a PLC for her birthday. Because she watched me build those systems and everything for a workshop. Yeah. And she's like, Mom, I want one. Like, she wants me to teach her. And I have a whole bunch of Arduino stuff, little microcontrollers, so she can learn, like, C++ um, at a really young age and how to turn on a little diode with a button and all that kind of stuff. So, Yeah, start with that, and then we'll make sure to get her a real PLC. It may not be a new one, but we'll get her something. There you go. Yeah, she's always watching me build things or putting things together. So, like, when's, I got when's her birthday. When's her birthday? Yeah. June 1st. June 1st. Okay. <laughs> uh, we'll see about getting her a PLC for her birthday. There you sure. go. <laughs> oh, my. Ew. <laughs> Yo, yeah. Does anybody know how to make the grout cleaning robot that I wanted from a dead printer? <laughs> so, here's what I want someone to build, and I will buy it. It is a mop robot that cleans the grout between my tiles with the water jet, right? Just oh, like cool. water jet the grout and then recycle that water back up somehow and just follow the grout lines all around my house. I, I don't have a mopping robot, but I have like an automatic like water mop thing, which is cool for cleaning the surface of the tile, but it doesn't get in the grout. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, it's a fairly, I mean... From a person that doesn't actually design and build these things, seems like a fairly simple concept, but obviously in practice, it's very different. But yeah, that is my challenge to anybody out there that wants to build a prototype grout cleaning bot. I will be your first beta customer. I, I'll pitch it to my club and see if folks are building one. <laughs> I will sponsor, Copium will sponsor the parts you need to build this robot. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, I hope I won't get in trouble for that. But I we make unilateral decisions like that. <laughs> we'll get permission first before we do anything. So nobody gets in trouble. <laughs> Chris uh, asks, so which robot is the easiest to work with? Chris um, has only ever worked with UR bots. So for me, I think the for learning how to actually program the robot, I think the UR bot was the easiest one. And then my next favorite is actually uh, is the Fanic. Okay. So those are my two favorite ones. But yeah, as, as for learning for that, how basic you, programming. You should be getting a mini UR and a mini Fanic for your desk. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> I, Ellie got a little mini uh, UR and I was like, that's so cute. 
somehow. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have one in a box. If I, I got a box from Will Healy, I haven't unboxed it yet, but I'm pretty sure I know what's in there. And I'm really excited. <laughs> so if, I, if people didn't know, Courtney used to work at UR um, and she did a lot of training. And I actually took a UR robot training at IMTS with her uh, a couple of years ago. Dude, it's been two years. IMTS is coming up again this year. We met some of our LinkedIn friends there, including Preston Hadley at Envision Automation and Controls and his brother that looks just like him. That was He's going to be on the show live in, I don't remember, a couple weeks, something like that, maybe in March. Um, so that'll be fun. But yeah, you really, Courtney, you've been kind of like thrust right into the middle of the LinkedIn community in your first <laughs> controls job because of Allie. Uh-huh. My team has started following Allie and I think it was the head of, uh, my head of product, Anna, this morning, we were on a call from Poland and she was like, oh yeah, Allie is like a third of my feed now. <laughs> I actually, uh, I actually met Allie or got in contact with Allie through LinkedIn. That of was course. actually her originally how we found out because I when I'm being in the club, uh, I asked before I made a post and we were looking for um, guest speakers or like places to tour. And then Ali messaged me and she's like, hey, I have this opportunity to build PLC kits. And then that actually, and then she saw my resume on LinkedIn. She's like, I saw that you were in the Navy. She's like, I may have a job for you. I was like, thank you, but I'm still in, I'm still in school. So and Courtney was our first sale for KPK. So I yeah. just threw her, I'm like, build some kits. I don't really care how. It's like two and months. then she did that and then she <laughs> sold it. Then she went and sold like rentals. And I'm like, she does everything by herself. She don't even tell her what to do. She just finds opportunities. She's like, by the way, I found this other opportunity and then brings it to you. She's like a unicorn being like, here, let's make money endlessly. <laughs> I have a little bit of that in me. Just kind of the ability to run with basic instructions and make stuff happen. It's not always going to be the best or the perfect thing, but I will get something done when a lot of people don't, right? Yeah. They'll pop around waiting for more instruction or being told exactly what to do. And I didn't realize until later in my career what an asset like this trait actually is. Yeah. And that it's not so common. I've now tried to hire people to assist me multiple times. And I'm like, <laughs> why am I telling you this four times? Like, I don't have the time. You're not assisting me. It's like, I mean, this is a bad, maybe a bad analogy, but it's like when my kids want to help me, I'm like, you're not really helping. I'm <laughs> not going to have to take the extra time to help you. <laughs> I know it's a long-term investment. <laughs> but at the moment, I just need something done. Um, that can be a real thing. And I learned, and it took some time, but to realize that I am more of a jack of all trades. I'm not a perfectionist. I, in some cases, don't, I lack attention to detail. Not always. It depends on the context. But I used to feel negatively about those things about myself. Like, I'm not really that good at anything. It's a huge every, skill. Every sport I've ever tried, people. I never, you know, got really good or won anything. Um, so is that the middle, like that in between? Like, yeah. I don't suck. I'm okay, but I'm not great at this. <laughs> and that's not to say that, like, we don't love and cherish the people that are perfectionists and that are experts because we need you desperately. Yeah. But we need us, too, because we have to be the connector of the dots. And sometimes you guys who are amazing at one thing are terrible at sales or really all the other things. And it doesn't mean anything about you as a person or anything. It's just not your forte. So let other people help you where you suck. And by the way, we all suck at something. So yeah. that's the first thing to let go of is I'm amazing at everything. No, you're not. No, you're not. And like you wish you were and we all wish we were. And some of us are mavericks and better at a lot of shit. But like most of you suck at something, including us. Nikki sucks at certain things. Courtney sucks at certain things. I suck at a lot of things. But we also know that we're really good at certain things. And we're not afraid to just be like, well, I'm not afraid anymore. And that's what we need from everybody else is just to, hey, come on over and let's do this. Um, I would say and, let's and be like honest. acknowledge each other's strengths and weaknesses, yeah. right? Because then we can... And your own weakness. And we can yeah. work together as a system. Like yeah. you generally... Bounce each other And out. then we're amazing. Yeah. 
Like we're amazing. You're not going to tackle a, a process application with one piece of hardware. Generally, you there's systems integrators for a reason because different things have to work together. And I mean, same thing would go with workforce, right? Or talent. Every company needs different types of people. And I think that's one of the things we talk. We don't talk about DEI much or diversity. Like that's not necessarily the point of the show. Although we really do want to just showcase this stuff to everyone. But diversity in a group is really important for the sake that you have different types of skill sets and different types of backgrounds and understandings of things. It's easier to get like kind of tunnel vision or in a rut when everybody thinks the same way. And so from like, I think we've, everybody's seen the studies now. They're real. The numbers are real. Like having diversity in teams and companies results in better financial performance. Like you can't argue with that. And I think one of the big things about that is because you can't really have a good system if it's made up of homogenous components that are all the same. So that's my soapbox for today. I don't know if you know. Yeah. Yeah. Courtney is a big deal. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and say something that Allie and I talked about yesterday, but I had a really bad day yesterday. I came into work. I had just had the day off for my birthday. So I had no good reason to not be super productive yesterday. And I just came in and I was like, man, this day, like, I'm not getting anything done. It sucks. I ended up talking to Roman, my CEO, at the end of the day. And he asked me how I was at the beginning of the call. I'm like, oh, I'm fine, blah, blah, blah. Let's whatever we were talking about. And then at the end, he asked me again. He's like, hey, how are you? <laughs> I was like, like, oh, like shit. Uh, it was not what I don't have. I was like, I have no good reason. I know I just had time off. Like I had a long weekend. I have no good reason not to be productive today. But I was like, I just had one of those days. And I was telling Allie, like how amazing it is to be able to work with people that can understand that, right? They're like, because I, and I basically ended it with like, I promise I'll get my shit together. And he was like, (laughs) I know, just go home. And I said that to Allie and I was like, we're so lucky to get to work with people like that. And Allie was like, yeah, he can't really care if you had a bad day because you're still like one of his best people. And he said the same thing. He's like, Courtney has bad days, but there's nothing I could do about it because she's still my best person. And there's no way I would get rid of her. <laughs> that did happen yesterday. <laughs> that literally happened yesterday. Um, so do you have any thoughts, Courtney, about, you know, the flexible workplace? What, what does... What are you looking for as a multi-talented, sought-after person with technical skills that are needed everywhere? What do you look at when you look at where you're going to work? Where are you going to put those talents to work and for who? Well, most places that I've like I've ever worked at, it's very like one lane. Unless you have experience in this one bucket, then you move up and you can move on to something else. But Allie lets me do like... I have my whole lit bucket of skills and I was like, okay, what do we need today? Like, do you have this skill? And she's like, well, we're going to learn today and then we're just going to add on to your belt. And that's what I like because it's, it's always, it's a new thing for me. Like every time I'm not doing the same exact thing over and over again. And sometimes I can get old. So yeah. it's just like, I get to go this way. I got to go this way. I got to do this thing. And for me, when I get bored, I learn new things anyways. So it's like my hobby. So I like always learning something new. And then I think working with Allie, it allows me to just do whatever, like all of my knowledge that I can do, like all these different things. And that's what I like because, you know, a lot of other places like you can't do that. Yeah, I have trouble have staying computers. in my lane. <laughs> Courtney has all the lanes. <laughs> yeah, like I asked, like one time I asked Allie, is like, hey, I wanted to mentor because I wanted to learn more. And she's like, yeah, that's great and all, but you don't specialize. You do everything. <laughs> so I just keep adding, like, I'll learn more and more and just keep adding on to like all my little skills and buckets that I got and type that like that kind of stuff or just add more so it's like i get a little trigger i need you to do this i was like okay <laughs> and like, there's a lot of space up here that we don't know about oh like, yeah we act like you know oh we filled it up like no you didn't <laughs> you're not even 50 years old i don't want to hear it like <laughs> so yeah. definitely I think, I think more 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 and more young people are looking for a place where they can continue to grow and learn which is mm-hmm. one of the challenges with traditional manufacturing jobs 
They're not necessarily designed to be very upwardly mobile. It's kind of like, hey, you operate this machine or you do this shift work and you come in and you do that all day and then you go home. And I think a lot of kids, I mean, especially, and I don't know Gen Z very well. I'm a millennial and then I have little kids, whatever generation that supposedly is. But they've been learning stuff like faster than us their whole life. And to think that they would be happy coming in and performing a repetitive task over and over without the ability to constantly build on that, learn, do something else. I think that we're really, you know, missing the mark in terms of what people actually want for work. It's not that they don't want to work. They just work a little differently. But being in controls in general, like allows you to do that because you have to learn all these different aspects of controls. So it's, not very one lane. You got to learn electrical. You got to understand mechanical systems, like skate of the network, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, yep, that's something for me. <laughs> like, yep. I, I want to do that because I know what it's like to turn wrenches. Like, I used to be a mechanic. It gets rough on your body after a while. That's why I can tell the young kids, go on and go do it because it's good experience. But like, for me right now, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to turn wrenches anymore. Well, it's great to have that on the ground experience, I think, because it also helps you understand from their perspective, right? Uh, When you're working with somebody that has to go implement something or is doing it on the floor. And I think in a lot of ways, like before you automate a task or delegate a task, you should really know how to do it first so that you understand what you're getting when you're automating. Automating a bad process, obviously, is terrible. It really becomes a very, very expensive quality control system at that (laughs) point because everything will just fail if you're, you know not intolerance and all these other things. There was a comment earlier from Mike Nager. Thank you for joining us. Um, if you guys are not familiar with Mike Nager, he is a fantastic uh, big, deal. big deal. He is the big deal um, at, over at Presto Didactic. And he's also an author. He's author of the children's book, All About Smart Manufacturing, which my kids love. But he says, in his opinion, Mechatronics is a great program, but it has been slow to be adopted at the U.S. four-year degree level. Oh, I didn't know this. Because the ABET accreditation of a new program takes forever. Oh, that's oh. Wondering, like, why are they only in community colleges? This um, definitely seems like a degree that is, like, in can be in-depth enough to have a four-year degree. Oh, Yeah. So where I got my bachelor's degree at UC Santa Cruz, we had one student who was really interested in a mechatronics program. And bear in mind, I was this is back in like 2003. And he started to put together a curriculum, but they did take forever to approve it. But UC Santa Cruz actually does have, like they're an ABET accredited school that has mechatronics Ooh, can, over there. In case anybody's from there in NorCal. Yeah. <laughs> my, my trade school that I go to. I, it was too late for me to get that degree because it happened after I graduated. I just had, you know, basic electrical engineering. But had that been an option when I was at that school, I totally would have enrolled. They had a lot of choice classes. Cool. Yeah. Courtney? So my trade school that I go to now actually has a four-year program. Oh, and it is, is it, it ABET accredited? Do you know? From what I know, I think it is. Yeah. So, right. and because that's they're... the only difference. ABET means that you can or cannot get the PE license. So, if you don't okay. graduate from an ABET accredited school, you can't apply for the the professional engineer license in the United States. So, that's like a big deal that you want. If you're going to take an engineering degree, you want to have the ability at least to be able to take that exam and become that license or whatever. But I had one comment that I wanted to make. Chris said something about Gen Z that everyone says about Gen Z. And it's, I don't even want to like say that he's wrong. What I want to say is that, do you remember when millennials were Gen Z's age and they told us that we suck? I think they're going to come around. They still tell us we <laughs> I think they're going to come around. I think Gen Z, I believe in you, Gen Z. I know that you're not actually as entitled as you appear. You know, what people are angry about is that you're basically willing to stand up and say, I believe in myself more than I believe in working myself to death for you. And there's nothing wrong with saying that. It's just that you, the people in the past didn't used to say it that blatantly, even though it's the freaking truth. So even millennials, like, we're not going to die for them either. But we won't tell them that up front. So that's the difference. It's like, you know, you're a little bit too forthcoming 
but I think you will come around. You're not against hard work. You just need to know that what you're working for is going to make a difference in the world. I understand that. Like, I think that's the same thing millennials want. We're like, oh, we don't want to buy a house. Like, no, we want to not be broke. We want to contribute to the, the places that we work and not just be a piece of crap. And like, yeah, like we don't want to just do things just for the sake of doing it. And so we will put up a fight, but we don't put up the same fight as you. And so we don't even get looked at as bad, but we really want the same things. So as much as like, yeah, we kind of like, I see the whole thing coming out. Like you tend to look entitled, but we looked that way also. So for a long time, they were saying that like millennials are super entitled and that we just... We don't want to work like that. That was the thing before there was like, oh, yeah, millennials can't work for more than four hours straight. After that, they need a break or they need another job or they'll work tomorrow. And that's that's not true. We are not that bad. um, And neither are you. But we are not the same as the people behind us. Gen X and Gen and the boomers, they work themselves to death. And we are going to do the same. But we like need to be cognizant of the fact that. Yeah, we do stand up and say, like, I'm not sure I want to die on that hill. I'll die on a hill, but not that one. So we're being more specific about where we're going to, like, die. We know yeah. that. We, we, we're not afraid of work. And neither is Gen Z. And I know that even <laughs> though it looks the like they're, they're like, oh, I'm never going to work hard. They will. But they got to be a, they got to be sure about what they're doing. And they don't trust us right now. <laughs> I think we're more cautious about where we invest our energy because there was a a large amount of company loyalty, you know, in these other generations. And, you know, I think the idea like things have changed. I don't see companies offering like a pension anymore. And people, you know, that two way loyalty just isn't what it used to be. And it's not that we don't want to work hard because I'll work, you know, easily 14 hours a day if I like what I'm doing and I feel, you know, that the commitment is reciprocated. But we're just, I think we're just more cautious about where we invest our energy than previous generations. Cause it was like loyalty, no matter what duty, sense of duty, no matter what. And yeah, I respect we do that. that. It's just, we're, we're a little bit once bitten, twice shy, you know, we for, can't do for it some blindly. people. In our we won't group. do that anymore. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Like you said, right. it's not, a, it's not reciprocated. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yesterday, yeah. uh, there was another, like some company laying off 10% of its workforce uh city corp they just did a big restructuring they laid off a bunch of people and their ceo just got a big bonus right numbers are numbers and businesses are businesses and they're going to make the decisions that they do that are in their best you know in their best interest based on the economic conditions and all these other things and i think that we've learned through the years that we're kidding ourselves if we think that you know it actually has anything to do with us which it doesn't but it also means that we have to be prepared to get a new job at any time we have to have skills that are always up to date and the technology is changing like not even every year. It's like every month there's something new now to, to learn and stay on top of. So it's kind of impossible to think that the old route is going to work for us, right? That you go in at the bottom level and you, you know, pay your dues and you work your way up and you get that company loyalty and one day you can be the CEO. I mean, the janitors don't even work for the companies anymore to be able to have a path upward to the CEO. They're all contractors now. So yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> well, this is uh we are just about the hour mark and I have to call somebody back. So I'm gonna actually have to cut this or not cut it short, but end it on time, I guess we'll call it that. <laughs> I'll ask our last question and then Courtney, feel free to throw in anything that you didn't get a chance to talk about or address that you'd like. But our last question is where can people connect with you, follow you, and what should we expect to see from you in the near future, Courtney, if anything that you want to talk about? So if you want to contact me, I am on LinkedIn. That's probably the only only way, unless you bug Allie. <laughs> yep. Or we'll, we'll have your, your guest profile up on automationladies.io, in okay. which you can always update that with contact information. If you want to put an email address or website or anything else you come across or build later on, update mm-hmm. us so people can find you. So yeah. And then I'll be with PE, PCE for a while. So... Hopefully, more- <laughs> no, Allie will make sure you stick around as long as possible. Yeah. When so, are you graduating your program? Um, next quarter. So is actually supposed to be my last quarter and I'll have like one or two classes and then I'll be done Woo! by June. <laughs> well, we'll be very to celebrate your graduation with you. 
thank you so much for coming on the show, Courtney. And thank you everybody for joining us. We had a great time with your your comments and conversation. So one takeaway from this, if you're new to our audience and you don't already know all the people in the comments, you can also go to, I don't know if there's a networking tab on these events, if I remember remembering that correctly, but make friends with those people in the comments. They're here because they're collaborators, because they're learners, because they're passionate about automation. So go connect with them and us, by the way, if you don't know us, we're well, as if you watch this, you deal. can probably tell we're real people. We're just normal people that want to, you know, have a bigger conversation, make more connections. So yeah, hopefully join our community. It's not formal, but connect with us some way. We're here to help. We're here to answer questions within reason. Don't make us do free work or try to be a career coach for free. But yeah, otherwise we're here. Support each other, make friends, and we'll see you next time. We're actually going to be live next week on Thursday with a special guest from Rockwell Automation. So we're really excited. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody. Bye.